The name Babylon represents a world system that is soon to be utterly collapsed by the power of God. And in the book of Revelation chapter 18, we are warned, Come out from among her, my people, lest you partake of her sins. I want you to come with me today to Southern California where I address this issue to a wonderful audience. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susak. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your faith walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susak. It was totally impossible for Israel to ever get out of Egypt. Think about that. In fact, the Bible asks the question, what God ever got one nation out of another? Never has happened in history. Never has happened in history until God went into Egypt with Moses and Israel walked free. Without bloodshed. With the Egyptians handing them their wealth as they left. You remember that in the Bible. The Egyptians were giving the Israelis their wealth as they walked out of the country. And the Egyptian slave-based economy collapsed we don't know how many decades. When you build an empire on slaves, and that's taken away overnight, you've got serious economic problems. So my point is this. If God can get Israel out of Egypt without shedding blood, he can get you back to your homeland without shedding blood. And I'm going to show you some of the ways that he's going to do that tonight, not out of my opinion, but out of his word. And uh, I, I hope that by the end of the evening, God has really warmed your heart anew and afresh with anticipation of where we're heading in the world. Now, let's Let's look at the prophecy. You all know the prophecy, but I want to look at it again and just highlight some of the key things in Isaiah chapter 19. Isaiah chapter 19 and verse 23 reads this way. In that day, now we know what that means in prophecy. That always means the end time day, the day of God. When God shows up, game's over, it goes in his direction. In that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and Assyria will come into Egypt, and Egypt into Assyria, and the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. Now, let's pause there for a moment. Do you know what it means to worship together? You can only worship together when you have the same God and the same Spirit. When you're divided, you cannot worship. God does not accept it. Today, seeing that worship scene happen between those three nations is virtually impossible. But listen to this. The gospel that has the power to transform you and me and get you and me out of hell and into heaven is the same gospel that has the power to transform the Middle East, from the hate center of earth to the love center, and you will be part of that. 
Isn't that thrilling? That's your future. Now, to worship together, you've got to be of one heart and one mind, believing in one God, and you understand that God. One of the roles I think God has for you Assyrians, of those three nations, you probably have a better understanding of God, a better biblical worldview than the other nations. I believe that God may have you poised to be a key leader, even in binding together those three nations. And then when we come to verse 24, In that day, Israel will be a third with Egypt and Assyria. What does that tell you? Don't let anyone say God favors the Jews over everybody else. You're just looking now at a two-third Gentile, one-third Jew union under the hand of God. And if you study the, the Old Testament carefully, you will discover that John 3.16 covers every nation. For God so loves only the Jews. Is that what it says? Go ahead, throw eggs at me. For God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves the nations. He established all the nations. He even drew the boundaries for them. And the nations have consistently trespassed those boundaries. My dear friends, you don't mess with God. God is going to restore the boundaries and the nations. And then we go, in that day Israel will be a third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. What a simple yet compound prophecy. What promise this brings to the world. This is going to be the spiritual and political power center of the world because the politics will not be as we understand them today. Please understand, America is not, is not the kingdom of God. I think you figured that out by now. We have a lot of privileges because a lot of the principles of the Bible were in our founding fathers, but we are losing that rapidly. We are running down a dangerous slope. We are moving to the day when the Messiah is going to come and you will see the kingdom of God set up under the rules of God and run that way. Why? One of the reasons why I think we are seeing the dangers increasing in our world today is because we are not in a political war. We're not in a human war. Yes, we see that break out. We are in a spiritual war. The Apostle Paul was very clear. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers, and I'm going to show you in a moment how that operates from the Scriptures. That is going to be brought to a screeching halt, and Satan knows that. He's called the dragon in the book of Revelation. And in this day, when the three nations are established and reigning under the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords and Messiah, Satan will be chained for 1,000 years in a pit. He'll have no influence on earth. 
and everything changes. Right now, evil prevails and righteous suffer, right? It's true. Even when we're in the majority, they have weapons against us. That's going to all flip the moment Christ returns to this planet, and he's coming. And evil will be oppressed, and the righteous will reign. That's why you read in that prophecy that no evil person will be allowed on that highway. It's not in that, it's in another text. No evil person will be allowed on that highway. It means there will be evil people in that coming kingdom. But they'll be in the minority. They will not have the power, and they will not be permitted on the highway, because what is the name of that highway? It's the highway of holiness. Now, what does that tell you? I believe it's a literal highway, but it's also a symbolic highway of what you will be doing for a thousand years in the millennial reign. What is that? Nations will be coming to Jerusalem to learn for the first time in world history the ways of God. Guess who their teachers will be? I believe it'll be Israel, Assyria, and Egypt. You have a role that is earth-shaking. Think about it. This is who you are. This is what the world does not know about you. This is what we need to get the church to recognize about you. One of our main goals in our ministry on your behalf, or let me say it better, in obedience to God, is to give you a face to be seen, a name to be honored, and a voice to be heard. And here's why. Your forefathers were the megaphone of the gospel for centuries. They literally laid the foundation for global Christianity today, and the West doesn't even know that. That's horrible. This Larry Kefauver that I told you about, he said, Ron, now that I've studied this material with you, the Assyrians look like the bookends of the church age. You were the launch of the gospel at the beginning, and I believe you'll be one of the strongest voices of the gospel at the end. When I met with your new patriarch a couple of months ago, I said to him, I'm an evangelist, and my passion is the Great Commission. Clearly, the church better be about the Great Commission. That was given by God to Christ in Isaiah 49, and then by Jesus to the disciples in Matthew 28. The Great Commission. It's there. It's our job. And the marvel of it is that I believe that we are going to see God begin to empower the Assyrians to have a voice to be heard. And what I shared with the patriarch was this. When you are restored as a nation in your homeland, Every TV camera on earth will be focused on you. How did you pull this off? How did you get this land? How did you make this happen? And when that happens, preach the gospel. That is the commission from heaven. Preach the gospel. In that light, I want to move a little bit further to explain Babylon. We are dealing with Babylon, and we will be dealing with Babylon to the end. To understand Babylon biblically, 
Number one, Babylon was a city. The Tower of Babel was there. The city of confusion. They brought confusion to the world because they were challenging the Almighty. So Babylon was a city. It then became a nation. Follow this. Neither the city exists today. The nation doesn't exist today. But it now has become a global influence from hell. It's named in the Bible by name. Babylon, the great prostitute that has committed sexual acts with all the nations of the world, luring them into all kinds of degenerate behavior. What does that mean? Let's flesh it out. That means the nations of the world today do not base base their, their nation on truth, but rather on deception and lie. We have deception in our courtrooms here in America and around the world. We have deception in our education. We have all kinds of deception in our, in our government, our, our education, in our commerce. We have cheating. We have uh, human trafficking. We have sex slavery. All of this is under the title of Babylon, the great prostitute in the book of Revelation. Now, now I'm going to get into something very interesting that when I saw it, I was so stunned by it. I said, Lord, this is, this is hard to imagine. How are you going to get your people home? If we try to do it politically, we're going to lose. There'll be bloodshed. If we try to do it humanly, we don't have the weaponry. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the support. It's not able to happen. I am coming at it strictly from a biblical premise. How will God do it? And I want to show you something that God does. And, and I could give you more illustrations, but for time's sake, I'll just give you this one tonight. Very interesting passage in Psalm chapter 107. Psalm, Psalm chapter 107 and verse 33. Now, now, follow this carefully. When I saw this, I was jumping up and down inside thinking about your nation. He, he God, turns rivers into desert springs of water into thirsty ground. When he wants to clear your homeland, he'll do it. Drought, he'll do it. You don't have to shoot them to leave. They'll get out of there because they can't survive. Making sense? God is in command of all things. Verse 34, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its, of its inhabitants he turns a desert into pools of water and parched land into springs. The same God who can drive people out by drought can bring you back by water. Is that making sense? God is not in the business of killing people and beating people up. He loves the entire world, whether we understand them or not, to bring people to his redemption and his salvation and demonstrating before the world his ability, as he did in, in Egypt with Israel, his ability to, to, to hold you together all these centuries and uh, bind you together into oneness of spirit and take you home will be a great testimony to God, to the world of the living God. Making sense now? 
We are here for God. We are not here for our little plans and reasonings. We are here for God and what he wants to do. And there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly. I called some theologian friends and said, I read that. I said, do you think that this can imply Assyria? And they went to their commentaries and came back and said, Ron, we can't argue it. This could be spelling out the path of your future that God is going to orchestrate. I hope your heart's beginning to flame. I hope something's beginning to happen in you to realize you're not forgotten, you're not neglected, you're not left behind. God has a plan. He's moving in the, in the purpose of that plan, and it's going to be fulfilled. Now, it gets a little more serious than that in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 51. Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 6 reads this way. Flee from the midst of Babylon. Don't go to our universities and study the ways of Babylon. Get an education where you are learning the ways of God, or you're going to be left behind even as an Assyrian. Understand that we are living in the midst of Babylonian rule from the unseen world. I'm not getting mystical. This is literal. The Bible is clear about it. It's just a fact. There are principalities and powers, and we have politicians, and we have university professors, and we have people in Christian pulpits who are listening. The the New Testament says there are doctrines taught by demons, even to Christian ministers who are gullible to it, who do not accept the fact that the Bible is the absolute word of God. So they begin to play head games, and before long, they're going to the pulpits preaching the lies that Satan is telling the world. So we read, flee from the midst of Babylon. Don't partake in anything Babylon is trying to push onto this world. Let everyone save his life. Be not cut off in his punishment, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance and repayment he is rendering her. God is going to deal with Babylon. The invisible Babylon and the human Babylon on earth that obeyed her and had sex with her, and I mean that in the figurative sense. And then verse 7, Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand, making all the earth drunken. The nations drank of her wine, therefore the nations went, and suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken well for her. I'm going to show you how this is going to happen in a couple of minutes, so stay with me. This is incredible. Then we read in verse nine, uh, verse 24, I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea before your very eyes for all the evil they have done to Zion, declares the Lord. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain meaning power, which destroys the whole earth. There is not a nation on earth that's not under the influence and pressures 
of this invisible Babylon and our professors, our politicians, our business world, we're all compromising to this Babylon that comes from hell. I will stretch out my hand against you. And verse 27, set up a standard on the earth, blow the trumpet among the nations, prepare the nations for war against her, summon against her the kingdoms. Aha. Do I have your full attention now? I'm going to walk you into something that took me by shock. I don't want you to miss it. Watch this. Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz. For years, I read those words. I knew that Ararat was a mountain, but I didn't know, I didn't recognize those names as nations, so I kept reading. Until I went to the commentators and get ready for this. In the commentators, when you read Ararat, period, the next word, guess what it is? Assyria! I looked up many, many, period. Assyria! You! What is that telling you? You are being prepared of God to overthrow Babylon. Let that sink in. You are being prepared of God to overthrow Babylon. How how can these strange names belong to Assyria? It's very simple. How many here live in California? How many here live in America? So I can, I can introduce you both ways, right? If you're in a foreign country, I can say, well, here's Manny from California. And they don't go, oh, no. Just a joke. Or I can say, this is Manny from America. Well, Minnie was a Syrian. It was a state under Assyria. You are featured in this text. No one ever saw it before. I didn't see it before until in the middle of the night I read that and finally looked up the commentators and was shocked to discover that God is tracing you through the scriptures. So let's read it again. Set up a standard on earth. Blow the trumpet among the nations. Prepare the nations for war against her. Summon against her the kingdoms, Ararat, Mini, and Ashkelon, or... Assyria, 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 appoint a marshal against her, bring up horses like bristling locusts, prepare the nations for war against her. Now, now I want to take you to a scripture that has just really knocked me off my feet. It's found in Revelation chapter 17. Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and all earth's abominations. So I'm not overstating anything to tell you there is a whole empire in the sky that's influencing this world and it's going to come down and the Assyrians will be a huge part of it coming down. But I want, to, I want you to see an amazing thing in the book of Revelation in verse 15 of chapter 17. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is, where the prostitute is seated are people and multitudes and nations and languages. So that's what the Bible has been saying about this this harlot, this this, uh, Babylon. Then, and the ten horns, which represents the kings of the world. Now watch this. 
and the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. Now, wait. Get a hold of that. They have loved her for 6,000 years. They've been involved in abominations with her for 6,000 years, and suddenly they come to hate her. Do you remember what happened when Gideon was faced with a battle and he began to bang a bunch of pots and pans together? What happened? The other army began to destroy itself. Now watch this. They will make her desolate. The kings of the earth will make this this Babylon desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing over the royal power of the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. Who's in command of this world? Babylon or God? It's God. Who's in command of the mess we're in in America? God. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's allowing. He has his purposes, and he's going to accomplish those purposes. God, and, and I can't say that I understand that. I'm, I'm not here to explain why I, God has not revealed that. But what he has revealed, we want to see And we want to build on that. And then we read, And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Now think about that. You are being raised up of God in a very unique role, I think, along with other forces such as the uh, Christians in Egypt, the Christian Jews, And we will see the day when you will be leading a world movement against this Babylon. You will not be able to beat her, but because God is with you, it is God who is going to bring her down. What I'm trying to say is this. Today, I've heard many of your people and properly say, Ron, we're small. Nobody knows about us. Nobody cares. I know that's true. It angers me. However, there's coming a day when you will have a face to be seen by the world. You will have a voice to be heard by the world. You will have a name to be recognized. That is not, and and this is so important, that will not come by looking back at the empire you were. That will come by looking forward to the kingdom you're part of now. You are here as representatives of Jesus Christ and nothing else. That is your, your entirety. The cross is the symbol of what we're all about. And our identity is found in Jesus Christ himself. This has been Faith Walk with best-selling author, pastor, and evangelist, Ron Susek. If you would like to know more about Dr. Ron and our mission, visit our website at faithwalk.org. We're certain you appreciate Dr. Ron's straightforward teaching of God's Word, along with his strong invitation to find salvation through Christ. But he needs your help in spreading the gospel to the far reaches of the world. Join our team by going to faithwalk.org and clicking on Partner With Us. 
Thank you for your gift to help Dr. Ron in building lives by advancing the teaching of God's Word through the programs of Faith Walk. You may never know until heaven whose lives you've impacted somewhere around the world. So please accept and enjoy your copy of The Assyrian Prophecy as our personal thank you for standing with us at Faith Walk. Well, thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our Faith Walk.